0: Hello everyone, welcome to photoshoot prep update number two, so end of week two. The biggest thing I've got to announce this podcast is I've just discovered whilst making content that, excuse the squeaky chair in the background, let me just tighten that nut, not my nuts, Um, even (laughs) we're going to be talking about my nuts actually in this podcast. Um, Back back on track, Ryan, back on track, Um, the... Microphone that I have had plugged in. To, I mean, it's almost embarrassing to say this to my computer for check ins and filming the podcast. I mean, check ins I've been doing for the last 18 months with this microphone. Um, and obviously, the podcast I've done quite a few episodes. I had it plugged in, but I didn't realize within system preferences in the computer, you actually have to change the input. So I'm pretty sure that this road microphone that cost me about £250 has been plugged into my computer for the last 18 months of coaching and not actually been where the input is coming from. So I've got a feeling that this podcast is going to sound a lot better than previous podcasts and that's because the microphone has just been plugged in, probably still wearing it down because it's been plugged in and power's been on, but not actually getting any of the benefits from it. So if this sounds better, that's that's a big win for this week. Anyway, let's get in to the updates. So just a quick rundown of the stats. So week one average weight was 88.8 kilos. Week two average weight was 87.9. So down by 0.9 kilos. And around my body weight, it's a little bit over one percent uh, 1% loss. Uh, if you compare the two weekly averages. So I only look at body weight in this way. Um, for women, especially when, you know, working with women clients, you're probably better off looking at it sort of like on your fortnightly averages, um, comparing your monthly averages. And if you've got a regular menstrual cycle, you're actually better off comparing like week one to week one. But for for men, um, it's a little bit more linear. So you can kind of compare the weekly averages. Um But you don't want to be looking at day to day fluctuations. So, I mean, if I look at my data on Tuesday, I was 88.0. On Wednesday, I was 88.8. So, I went up by 0.8 kilos and I did absolutely nothing different. Obviously, I I just, I don't even, it doesn't even make me flinch anymore when it goes up like that. I just know that there's something strange going on because I know I've ticked the boxes with my exercise and stuff. But I know for, for people that don't understand what's going on, you probably jump on the scale and think, what the fuck is going on there? Um, but it came straight back down to 87.7 the next day. So then I had like a 0.9 kilo loss and then it went up by 0.2 and then it came down by 0.5. But my average came in at 0.9 kilos less than the previous week. That's why it's so important if you're going to use body weight as a measurement, not to just use like one or two a week because you might just catch it on a bad day. This is why I like Slimming World and all those shitty things. I can say that here because they can't get me for defamation on a little podcast, can they? <laughs> Unless I blow up and go viral, um, which I doubt I'm going to do. Um, but they get you to weigh in like once a week on a on a Monday at like seven o'clock in the evening. It's just, it, honestly, the validity of that data is probably about 0.5%, but they have people basing their whole you know journey on it and it's just crazy. So... You'll hear me talking about weekly average weights and percentage changes, and that's the only way to use it. Work out your weekly average with at least four to five fasted body weights in the morning. Get up, go to the toilet, weigh yourself. Do that four or five times a week at least. I do it every day. Um, and then compare the weekly average and work out the percentage change. That's the only way to use it. All right, so 1% down on, on in week two. Average calories around 1,960, so pretty much exactly the same as week one. Protein still high, around 180 to 200 grams on average. Again, just helping me keep satiated. But also, as we'll get to in a second, my biggest challenge was sleep this week because of the cold. Um, so having a high-protein diet, especially if you are going through so like stressful periods or if your sleep's a bit all over the place, really working to keep your protein up is important because you are gonna have higher appetite um, with with high stress and poor sleep. So keeping your protein up is just gonna help with that. Um, so protein was up and then fats and carbs. Again, I didn't really pay too much attention to, to be honest, as long as I made sure I was having carbs before I train and I was getting you know my minimum amount of fats, which I did bring up this week in comparison to week one, to be fair, to make sure I was getting about 40 grams a day on average. Um, really simple adjustment. I literally just had like, I bought some olives and added a few olives to some of my meals. um, A little bit of smashed avocado. It wasn't hard to go from 30 to 40 grams a day on average. Um, So really, really small tweak there just to look after hormonal health. As you're going through a dieting phase, obviously you're pushing your body in an an energy deficit. You don't want your fat to be too low for too long because you you might eventually run into some low energy and your hormones might not be optimized. so yeah, that's, that's the rundown of that. Training was, I did 13,280 steps. So, I mean, that's high. I had a couple of days last week where it was really high because I went for a long walk at, um, where did I go? I went to Colic Park on Saturday and then I went to, what's it called? Can't remember the name. Some country park near Derby. I can't remember. Oh, it doesn't. Re- oh, Columba Park. That's the one. Columba Park um, did loads of steps, but then went food shopping and went to do a few things after I'd done the steps. So those days ended up being like fifteen, sixteen thousand. 16,000. So that pushed my weekly average up a little bit last week, but I'm happy to do steps. Like I plan my day so I can do a lot of walking regardless of whether I'm prepping or not, because it's good for my head. Um, and it, You know, it keep, keeps me concentrated on work and stuff. Cardio, 300 calories a day. Again, that is quite high. It's about 25, 30 minutes a day. But as I said last week, um, and sorry if I repeat some of these points, but I, I bought a bike just to make it as easy as possible to use that as, as extra output. I would rather move more and eat more when I'm dieting because, one, I love food. Um, I, I get hungry. I don't like having an empty stomach. <laughs> Two, because I get the benefits of the exercise. And three, because I then get to eat more and get more nutrients as well. So I just tend to find this process easier if I really maximize how much I'm moving. To a point, there is a sweet spot. If I go too crazy, I'll be too hungry and my energy and recovery will be low. So there is a sweet spot with this, but if you're tracking things like cravings, hunger, appetite, um, energy levels, muscle soreness, stress, if you're, if you're tracking those things, which I am, you can clearly spot when things are starting to go a little bit haywire. And this is why having a coach is so useful. So I've got my own coach that I check in with, report all this data, and he gives me his view. Because the problem is, when you're trying to do it yourself, you've got your emotions, you know how hungry you are. um, It's hard to spot patterns. Sometimes you're pushing yourself when you shouldn't be. Sometimes you're not pushing yourself hard enough. Like It's so hard to do this yourself. Like I've been doing this for eight years now. I've put 25, 30 people through photo shoots, if not more. I've done... Four, three, four photo shoots in my life and I still don't coach myself. I know people that do, um, but for me, like I would much rather have someone to just tell me when to push, when to pull. Obviously, you want someone that you can trust and results proven, but um, yeah, I, I, I just would never put myself through this sort of process. But because I am tracking those things, I can push myself with the activity levels and... Um, And, you know, if I need to pull back at points, I'm sure my coach will tell me that. So I just put the data in. He tells me whether I should move more or move less. And right now I feel really, really good. So we're going to keep things going as they are. I will be breaking the dieting phase up into two main phases. So it's my birthday, eight weeks today. Um, And I'm going to be taking my first diet break around there. The aim is... I'm at 80, say in the eighty-seven kilo range now. I want to see a new number on the scale every week in terms of like next week be eighty-six, the following week C eighty-five, the following week C eighty-four. If we can carry on on that sort of trajectory, I have got a lads' holiday to Hamburg in that time, which might slow that week down a little bit. Uh, but if I can get anywhere between sort of eighty and eighty-one uh, kilos by my birthday in eight weeks, I will be ahead of the game really. Because from my birthday, I've then got another 12 weeks into the photo shoot and I'll probably only be about four kilos off where I was last time. So I'll have 12 weeks to lose four kilos and obviously the goal is to beat it. So then I'll probably be aiming for another eight kilos in that that second phase and that will see me be four kilos lighter, but also with two years worth of building muscle since I last dieted down. So I imagine that's going to be a much better photo shoot than my last one. Um, So yeah, exciting times, still got a lot of work to do. I can't get complacent. Um, You know, like that amount of weight isn't gonna fall off itself. I've got to make sure that I get ahead of the game. And that's why I'm being quite strict with myself in this phase. So, you know, keeping the social calendar fairly quiet. As I say, I've got one big weekend in Hamburg with my friends and then I'm gonna leave it until my birthday. Um, So, you know, I'm gonna have one major social weekend between now and, and the 11th of March but it's eight weeks and then I can get to my birthday and know that I'm actually three steps ahead of things. And that's a much better place to be than chasing your tail when it comes to doing things like photo shoots. Um, So happy to knuckle down now, obviously we've just had Christmas. I'm feeling motivated. I'm working hard, obviously on the business, lots of clients coming through the door with it being January. So I'm good. I'm good to be a bit of a a social recluse (laughs) for the next couple of months. Um, Always eyes on the prize when it comes to that sort of sacrifice cool um what else did i want to say so yeah just diving into my challenges the sleep was probably the biggest one this week like the cold was pretty shit at points like it, i was coughing um it was waking me up in the night i was struggling to get back to sleep my nose was stuffed stuffy so I didn't take much, I, I kept up with my training. You know, like I said on the podcast last week, I've only really just got started. And other than that, like I am genuinely feeling really good. I've got good energy in the days, like I'm good. It was just disrupting my sleep a little bit. Um, so I kept going, but what I didn't do was train to failure. So what I mean by train to failure is push myself to the absolute limit in the gym on my exercises. I left three or four reps in reserve and still in the tank on most things. Because what that does is if you train to the point of failure, your immune system ha- has to work quite hard to recover from that. So if you're trying to fight off a cold, if you then hammer yourself with training as well and you're in a calorie deficit, that cold is going to linger around for way longer than you want it to. I mean, mine probably did a little bit, but that's actually probably just because of the overall sort of structure uh, whilst having a cold. It probably you know would have been more sensible if I wanted to shake the cold quicker um to take like four or five days not in the prep but that was the choice that i made and that's person dependent you know that i'm not sat here when clients are real telling them to 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 dig in and and sack it off but you know sometimes i'll say like look just doing some walking or something can help with recovery um so don't necessarily do as i do with that obviously always consult with a, a professional if you're unsure like should i push should i pull you're better off speaking to someone um cool So I took a weekend of recovery and I am feeling very, very good now. Now, on to the weekend. You may remember on last week's podcast, I said I am refusing to do the prep like I did last time where I just eat really boring food and I'm really proud actually of the way that I've improved the variety in my diet so far in the prep. Like I'm still eating pretty simple stuff during the week, but my last one, honestly, I was having like two tuna steaks. With broccoli and a bit of ketchup for breakfast. I'm not joking. Um, some oats. Like I, I was living like an old school bodybuilder, um, and I'm just not that. That's just not me, and I hated it. I really did hate it. Uh, <laughs> it it was it was tough. Whereas this time, I'm like, do you know what? Like I've I've developed as a coach since then. I know a lot more. Um, you know, I've, since then, I've I've trained as a nutritionist. I've massively upskilled myself in terms of how I'm working with clients. So I'm just applying some of that knowledge to myself as well. And it is going much better. However, I said every weekend I was going to learn some new recipes. And it went very well in week one with the jerk chicken bites and the Cajun pasta. And by the way, those recipes are now on my Instagram. I'm assuming if you're listening to this, you already follow me on Instagram. But if not, at InShapeWithRyan, all one word. Um, Both recipes are now on my Instagram page. But this week, I love a curry. I really do enjoy a curry I said to myself that I was going to make a vindaloo and I was going to batch make a vindaloo um, so that I could eat it all through the week and I went to an Asian store on Saturday and got some really hot chilies. I don't think they were scotch bonnets but he didn't actually have a name for them but they were hot I ate probably about a, a, a small fingers like your nail on your small finger the tip of that off the end of a knife and it was hot and I like hot food and it was like had to drink a bit of milk um so I chopped up two of these chilies that I was going to put into a six portion vindaloo and (laughs) I told this story on my Instagram last night and it had a lot of laughs so I'm confident that I could do it on the podcast as well and if you've heard the story for the second time then either close your ears skip past it if you don't want to be thinking about this image again or listen in So I was just about to put everything in the slow cooker. I chopped up the chilies. Everything was ready to go. And I needed a wee. So I popped to the toilet and obviously held what needed to be held to go for a wee. And about five minutes later, I was putting everything into the slow cooker and I was about to start washing up. And I noticed that I was burning in places that I shouldn't be burning. And by the time I'd got back to the toilet like the intensity of it just came on so fast like someone had held a lighter and then sprayed petrol all over my crotch Um, (laughs) like it was excruciatingly hot I've I've never felt anything like it I don't think not in that way and it just kept coming and coming and coming so you know when you eat a chilli that's really hot and it just keeps growing in spice even though you've swallowed it it was like that but it was between my legs and it was horrendous so anyway, I'm running around my kitchen, a bit euphoric, sweating, panicking. Like, how the hell do I stop this? And then I managed to take a few deep breaths, get my nervous system back in line a little bit, uh, and then thought, right, I know what I'm going to do. What do you What do you do when you know your mouth's on fire? So I went to the fridge and I got the Greek yogurt and the semi-skimmed milk that was in my fridge, and I t- <laughs> I took them to the shower. And let's just put it this way. I was basically bathing in Greek yogurt. So you don't need me to go into the details there, but I'm sure you can imagine what was happening. I was bathing in Greek yogurt and I was pouring milk everywhere. Let's put it that way. Now, after about five minutes of that, things started to change color and the pain wasn't really going anywhere. So I rang 111. I'm not joking at this point. I called I called 111 because I, I genuinely was like, do I need to go to hospital? Like, am I going to wake up tomorrow and I'm no longer going to have my manhood? Um, all of these things were crossing my mind. So <laughs> I'm not being dramatic here, by the way. Like the pain was unreal. I've done things like rip my hamstring when I was younger. Um, I can't really think of, of many. I've not done that many ridiculously painful things, to be fair, um, but it was probably the most painful thing i've ever felt uh so i'm in the shower with things covered in greek yogurt and then i um, i've got the other hand on the phone to 111 explaining the position that i'm in and what's happened i think they were trying not to laugh at me um it didn't sound like something she'd ever heard before put it that way she she reassured me that everything was going to be okay um she did say you know my idea with the greek yogurt and milk was was the right thing and i don't know if if she was just comforting me at that point but she did say that was the right thing and that that's probably what she would have advised to do so that was one one consolation of the whole thing um and we remained on the phone for about 5 minutes until eventually the pain started to go down and then i had a very um very sad and lonely chicken sandwich watched half of Harry Potter and then went to bed and that was it never had the vindaloo and then yesterday I was going to make the vindaloo again and PTSD hit me as soon as I took the chilies out the cupboard so I um I stuck to a beef and turnip stew in the slow cooker <laughs> so yeah there you go that's that was a big challenge for, from last weekend um was Yeah, you don't need me to go into that again. But I just just thought I'd give you the rundown on that because it's a funny story. I had, I think it was probably the most reacted to story I've ever posted. I woke up this morning to like 23 people that sent me a laughing emoji or messages or something. So hopefully it's had the same effect on the podcast. And if that's the second spin of it that you've had, there you go. We will never talk about it again. However, I did eat some Faya 0% Greek yogurt this morning. Not the same tub. I would just like to highlight like that tub went in the bin um but i did get a fresh tub out of the fridge and laughed and then felt a bit strange eating it for the first few mouthfuls so yeah hopefully i've not i eat a lot of that yogurt as well so i'm hoping that i can get over that image one day but there we go don't cut chilies and then go for a wee without washing your hands first that is the biggest take home from this week's prep um so biggest wins I think just generally how much better I'm feeling because of the changes that I made. So again, if you listen to the episode regarding the the sort of routine and habit changes I was making, like I've stuck to those in January. So no phone in the bedroom, no phone when I'm eating, starting the day with um, a shower, a stretch, and then having a coffee and going with that coffee around the block in the morning has been such a game changer. Just getting a bit of natural light and a bit of movement. And, you know, because I work from home, that's kind of like marking the end, the start of my day. There's just a few things that I've stuck to over the last two weeks, and genuinely, I, th- I feel like this photo shoot prep is going to be so much easier than the last one. When I last did this in 2021, I was working my notice for my previous employer, um, which was a three-month notice period, and I was commuting from Leeds to Manchester in a, in a car and then training. Um, you know really late at night getting home having a shower getting up at 5am and repeating the whole thing I was doing a lot of cardio and my diet was fucking miserable I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna get a bit more passionate on these episodes because this is just about this is me this is just about me like if I was teaching you about the nervous system I'd probably be a bit more formal but yeah it, my diet was miserable um, I didn't follow the kind of flexible dieting systems that I now you know deliver to clients that I talk about on social media I'm now following that not so flexible that again I'm hungry and I'm just full of chocolate but being more flexible than last time so I'm still filling up on my veg my protein my you know plenty of high volume foods foods that are making me feel good but at weekends like I'm having a bit of chocolate uh, I'm cooking different things I had some halo top ice cream at the weekend as long as I'm sticking to my calories I'm feeling full I'm recovering well and I'm feeling good then I'm happy um and yeah, that, uh, that's got to be my biggest win. Cool. So next week I'll probably go into training in a little bit more detail um, because I'll have, this week I'm going to be hitting training with full intensity again. So I will go into that with a little bit more detail next week and I'll kind of like make that the theme of next week's updates. And also this Friday's episode on the podcast is all about building muscle. So I'm going to be going through like the essentials that you need to build the most muscle in 2024. So I feel like, talking about my training in a little bit more detail will be a perfect follow-on episode from that. Uh, But yeah, feeling good. Motivation is currently high. There will become points when it's not. But right now, I'm just keeping tunnel vision on the fact that I'm going to Hamburg two weeks on Thursday, uh, well, two weeks on Friday. And that's keeping me going on that first kind of like milestone. I want to be, you know, if I could be at 84, 85 kilos by then, then I'm on track for getting to the 80s by my birthday. And then the final 12-week countdown can begin. So this is such a good way to do your fat loss phases. Like, I can't stress this enough. Don't try and diet for 20 weeks straight. Because when if I was sat here now thinking that this was my life for the next 20 weeks, I'd already be like, oh my God, this is going to go on forever forever. But I'm not thinking like that. I'm thinking Hamburg. That's all I'm thinking about. So what you want to do, and I do this with clients as well, is get yourself like a phase planner or a calendar. Plan out 20, 24 weeks worth of dieting. But within that 20, 24 weeks, put breaks in. Book things. Put time in there. Not too many, because if you put too many in there, you're never going to get to the goal. It's going to make it too difficult. You're going to be juggling too much. But put things in there that you can use as a bit of a break. Like whether it's four days, whether it's a week, whatever. Whatever. But you can then get tunnel vision and get the blinkers on on that specific date. Set yourself a little milestone. like, right, I want to lose this amount by that point because I know if I do that, I'm on track for the main goal that I'm trying to achieve. The best analogy for this is a Formula One race. They come in for pit stops, they refuel, they change tires and they can go again. That's exactly what I'm doing here. I'm pushing as hard as I possibly can until Hamburg. I'm going to have a few days. You know, I have a few pints, I'll eat out with my friends, I'll have a laugh, I won't track, I'll have a good time, and then I'll come back and get in on Monday, and then it's four and a half weeks until my birthday, where I'll then push, I'll use that as my first major diet break, and then it's 12 weeks to go, and within that last 12 weeks, I'll probably schedule in one more diet break, but then I get to the end of that 12 weeks, and all of a sudden, that's 20 weeks of successful dieting ticked off, I've achieved the goal, and then I've got a nice holiday booked. I'm going to Glastonbury and the summer will be fantastic. So it's a little bit of compromise, but not so much that you go six months without having any fun, like booking some book in some milestones, booking some time to, to have a bit of enjoyment and the whole thing will be easier mentally. All right, I'll leave it there. Week two, done and dusted. Thanks for listening. As always, if you've got any questions on what I'm up to, if you wanna know stuff in more detail, type of foods that I'm eating, all that sort of stuff, let me know, like, I'm never going to sit here and reel off all the foods that I'm eating because it would just be the most boring podcast. Not that the food is boring, but like, you know, if I'm like, okay, I had 100 grams of this and 200 grams of this, uh, it it would be miserable. You wouldn't listen to it. But I'm happy to send you screenshots of my my MyFitnessPal and give you insights into what I'm actually eating. Happy to send you my training plan, whatever it is that you want to see. I will share nothing. And I'm sure you can tell from this episode nothing is going to be left off the table in terms of what's going on. Heart on my sleeve, full full transparency, um, whether that's burning my nuts off with chilies or whether that's struggling with hunger, I'm going to tell you it all. Right, I'll leave it there. Have a great week. Catch you on Friday.